Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And I'm Eric Van Johnson. And welcome to episode 116 of the North Meet South web podcast. Michael almost forgot there. He was like, wait, wait, wait I, am I next? Am I next? Yeah. I think I'm next. No, so what happened was... There was a long enough pause. I'm like, am I still doing this? I don't Eric. know. I don't know how this works. No, the, uh, the problem was, because we normally it's just the two of us recording. And so True. I've got um, Ecamm set up. So when it goes from like the countdown timer to the first scene, it... Um, it, it went to the wrong scene. So it had like Jake in the middle with no name. And then you were on the right hand side with Jake's name. So amateur ah, production yes. over here. Amateur, no one watches the live stream anyway, so it's fine. Yeah. It's a, there's a, there's a few of them out there. There's a few of the faithful few, you know, that's how people got on the show though. I think Jesse and Jess mm-hmm. were both watching and they were like, we were like, Hey, let's talk Vim and let's have Jesse and Jess come on. And so, and then Eric's a lurker, you know, he, he messaged us on telegram. It was like, Hey guys, I love this stuff. This is really, really great. And so Eric is with us. Uh, Eric is a longtime Laravel community member. He helps to run the PHP ugly podcast. We've met at Laracon many times, got to hang out with Eric in person lots. So super good dude. Eric, thanks for coming on the show, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. You know, you actually introduced me to the Laravel. Did I really? Community. I did not know I, this. Yeah, uh, I went to a Laracon, my first Laracon in Louisville. Okay, yeah. And a friend who was with me said, "Hey, are you doing anything tonight?" And I'm like, "I, I think it was like the first night we got there." I'm like, "No, I was gonna, you know, head up to the room, probably grab something to eat." Because uh, there's this really cool guy, uh, Jake Bennett. He's he's like putting together this dinner. Uh, I was going to go to it. You want to come with me? And I'm like, sure. And it was like, it was like the who's who of the Laravel community <laughs> before it was the Laravel community. I met you. I met TJ. I mean, there's just so many people that were there. Uh, Hemp was there. That's right. Yeah. David Hemp. Uh, I, I, it's still one of my favorite pictures and I'm not. <laughs> well, that's funny. Cause <laughs> because you were the one, one taking the picture. Taking the yeah. picture. Yeah. I want to, we need to put that, that we need to put that in the show notes. The second year. The first was, year. Right. So that was not the dinner that I was supposed to be at and then didn't because, because of delays. No, no. Or was I, it? No, I think was it was. Second I, I that think, was the second year then. Yeah. Yeah, because I, somebody said, yeah, uh, Michael Drinda is supposed to be here from uh, Australia, yeah. but I guess he, he got held mm. up or something. Yep. I'm like, who's that jerk? I don't <laughs> like all these anyways. <laughs> oh, that's yes, hilarious. We were, yeah. we were sat in, in DFW because our, our flight landed late and then because of that we missed the, the connection and then um yeah so we were just sat in dfw for like four hours which worked out well because aaron who who i was traveling with um he he had all kinds of problems because he he was traveling on his on his british passport but he did his um hester like his his visa thing the visa waiver he did on his australian passport and the, the two didn't match up so like i I landed in DFW and just sort of jumped through the queue, like scanned my passport and I was straight through. And then I was waiting. I'm like, Aaron's been taken to the room. They've got the rubber gloves on. Like this is. Oh this no. Is <laughs> <laughs> so by the He's... time, by the time we got to Louisville, it was like, we landed, it was midnight. We, we picked up the car from the higher place. I'm driving through Louisville, you know, the wrong side of the road, obviously pitch black. Not really, like no idea where I'm going. <laughs> Who's been to Louisville, really? Um, and like, I think when we got into the center of the city, I, I like, because I was so tired, I'd been awake for 30 hours or whatever it was. I just like rolled through a red light. I'm like, oh my God, 
I'll be paying attention so that doesn't happen again. So that doesn't happen again. As like Aaron goes, you just ran through another red light. Oh my god, we got to get to this hotel. <laughs> something bad happens. So. Wait, does red mean stop in this country? Yeah, yeah. it's like wait a minute. Down, right, 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 right. Oh, it's hot. That's, that would have been bad, dude. They'd be like after all of that to get like pulled over, right? Yeah, and then have to deal with like a cop with like you know your, your Australian license or whatever yeah. it is. If you guys even carry those, I don't know. Yeah, yep. Uh, so it's um, yeah, I mean, we made it in the end, but um. It was it was certainly certainly an experience. So Yeah, that's a this is a great picture. There is uh David Hempel, um Jordan Brill, we've got Marcus, TJ, Machuga, Jeremy. I don't remember Jeremy's last name. He works at like AWS now. Myself, Andrew Scalans, Jesse Shutt. It's not Jeremy. Uh, and then the guy Yeah. Okay. Uh, or is it different Jeremy? Oh yeah, Jeremy Lindblom. No, that's it. Lindblom, that's the guy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Now, there's this guy on the left, which I I've I know I've met him a couple of times. I can't remember his name. Um, I want to say like Brandon or something, but I don't know. Anyway, yeah, that's a great picture. And then Eric, you would have been right there on the left. Yeah, good times, man. Yep, good times. That's <laughs> awesome. That's a great. Yeah, that is a great photo. It was good food too, man. I remember that's awesome. So uh, let's get down to uh, kind of what we got going on here today. So we've got we've been talking about Vim for the last three weeks. The last actually, I guess six weeks because we do this every other week. Mm-hmm. Um, last three episodes. Last three episodes. Thank you. And so <clears throat> we had Jesse on sort of as like a last minute deal. Well, did we do that the first week or was that the second week? I'm trying to remember. Jesse was the first one. Yeah. Second. Jesse was the first one. Then we had Jess Archer. Jess Archer. And then did we have somebody else or am I just missing? Um, no, that was it. I think it was. Yeah, we did. Did yeah, we do we, one week on our own or we something? We did one week on. Yeah. So the first one was with yeah, Jesse. I think week was, two. Then it was just the two of us. Then it was Jess, and, and now <laughs> that's we, what it was. Yeah. Because we we tried yep. to get and then we've got Eric. We tried to get Eric on previously, but he had a scheduling conflict. So yes, yes. So so I uh, you know I'm excited to hear uh, sort of Eric's Vim uh, hear about Eric's Vim journey and um. And maybe learn a couple new things tonight. So, Eric, we can start with that. You know, before the, sto- the show started, we were kind of get- ribbing you a little bit because we were talking about how you're on Linux and uh, like you're using Linux as your main OS. And so I've got to hear that story, too. Uh, you know, there's only I feel like there's only a few of you guys out there. I mean, I said, you know, what sort of uh, sadomasochist do you have to be to be using Linux as your main <laughs> OS rather than the thing that you only use to manage your web servers? But. I say that jokingly. Um, I, you know, I don't have enough experience to know that that's the case or not. Um, <laughs> my, yeah, we just like getting work done. Yeah. So we, we we don't need all the bubblegum uh, UIs and stuff. We yeah. Do you literally just done. stay in the terminal all day long? I, not as much as you would think. Uh, I, I do spend a lot of time in the mm-hmm. terminal, um, just because there's there's not a lot of reason to leave the terminal. Uh, but I mean, if you haven't use the Linux desktop in like the last five, 10 years, you, you really don't know what you're, what you're missing. Um, and I'm on pop other OS, than drivers, you're missing a, drivers, but other than that, you don't know what you're not, missing. Not so much anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, but yeah, it's, I mean, it, 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 all OSs suck to be completely honest with you. I, the reason why I ended up on uh, Linux full time is because I had, I was diving heavy, heavily into Docker, okay. and it was just so mm. painful, so painful to run it on the Mac. So uh, I started using servers a lot to to run my Docker containers. I'm like, oh, you know, I can just run 
the desktop and went ahead and invested in a, and that's the other thing. So a lot of the misconception about the trouble with Linux are typically people trying to put it on underpowered hardware. Mm. So they have some old laptop from 10 years ago that doesn't run very well anymore. Let me throw Linux on there. And then just as you stated, you run into driver issues and you know, all these. Which other would things. be the case if you ever tried to put a modern OS onto an ancient computer, right? It's like, you know, whether you're running Mac, whether you're running Windows, you're always going to have driver issues and stuff like that. So interesting. I, I'd never, Absolutely. I mean, that makes sense though, because that is sort of what I go to. Like I have this old Chrome book or this old Chrome box that's in my basement. And I was thinking today, I was like, I wonder if I could put Linux on that thing. Because <laughs> that's what yep. it is, right? And, like and, and that's, that's what Linux. happens, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then you get that bad experience. So I, I actually have a system from System76 that's built for Linux. I mean, it's built with Linux in mind. All the hardware that's used is, you know, hardware that, that they've taken consideration based on what's available in the, in the Linux world. And I mean, it just runs. It runs very well. So I'm not I've actually been very happy with I'm it. I'm not familiar with System76. I'm guessing they just build Linux machines is kind of what it sounds like. Yep, it's a... It's a U.S.-based uh, company. I think they're in Colorado, and yeah, all they do is build Linux machines. So, what's the it's, what's like the it, price point? Affordable. Is it pretty similar to like what you'd be getting if you were buying a MacBook or something like that, or is it even lower than that? Yeah, it's very competitive. I, obviously, everybody's better than Apple when it comes to price points, sure. right? I mean, <laughs> for the hardware you get, uh, but yeah, they're they're very much on par with just about any other uh, provider out there, you know. Uh, system provider out there um you get i feel like you get a lot of hardware for the price you pay but and the really nice thing about it is you get support so if you do have oh, issues they're they're very quick to to uh reply they're, they've they i mean i i've been using linux for years uh, i was in operations first for for like 10 years before i became a full-time developer so being in a terminal on the Linux machine was like my everyday thing anyways. So it wasn't a big jump for me. But I, matter of fact, that's what took brought me to Mac OS. I'm like, hey, uh, back then, Windows didn't really have that uh, command line power. And it, it didn't feel good if you're used to Unix systems. And I'm like, well, you know, Mac, Mac just went over to a, a Unix distro. Mm -hmm. You know, let me give them a try. And I, I just had moved over to Mac for years until I switched back over to System76. Very cool. So, like, as far as, um, you know, your Vim journey, then, it sounds like you've been, I mean, have you been using Vim for, like, forever? You know, have you ever used anything other than Vim? You know, for me, and we've talked this, about this a little bit, you know, back in the day, all I knew that I had installed on the machine that I was using was Notepad, right? That was that was like the very mm -hmm. first thing I started with. I needed, you know, for me, my origin was that I needed to be able to put a image at the bottom of my signature on a message board, right? That's what I wanted to do. I wanted <laughs> yeah. to put a little GIF in my signature. And so they're like, yep, the only way you can do this is if you learn HTML. And I was like, okay, what's, uh, what is this? So like image, you know, SRC, whatever. Okay, now I had to find some place to host this this image so i found geocities and then it's like all right this is kind of cool and i went to you know, like um dhtml uh you know i can't remember the one what, whatever that the, there was like this dynamic html site or whatever you know and you it was basically javascript and html and you'd copy and paste it and then screw around with it whatever right yep. so you know all the only thing i did with that was just notepad that's all i had 
Um, I was just a kid, so I didn't have money to buy anything else, you know, and then eventually I found Notepad++. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, you know, and so for me, it was always, I, I didn't know what a command line was until I was way far, farther into the whole journey of learning um, web development and stuff like that. So uh, for you, though, it sounds like you've been using command line and whatever for the better part of, you know, decades almost. So let's uh, like, what's your, what's like your story into like Vim? Like, did you use anything before it? Uh, what was kind of your journey? Uh, no, you pretty much nailed it. Um, you know, like I said, I said, I started in operations. I was very fortunate that I was introduced to Unix pretty early in my career and just gravitated t towards it. Um, but yeah, being on remote servers, I was always in Vim and I, it was vanilla Vim. I never tweaked it or anything like that. I just did the very basics. Um, it was actually a friend of mine who was a developer uh, on Mac, uh, was running uh, Mac Vim, I think is what yeah, it's called. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's not the, yeah, it's not the terminal version. It's like a standalone app that runs right. Vim. Yeah. And he had tweaked his out and you know, I just saw how fast he was getting things accomplished. I'm like, man, maybe I should be thinking about using that for like everyday use. Uh, I was I was using a lot of the the you know, GUI things at the time. I used uh, Dreamweaver, uh, a few others, and it always felt very clunky to mm. me. Um, and I could never really place my finger on it. And once I saw him using it like locally for development, you know, it, it was one of those light bulb moments. It's like, yeah, why am I not using that? Like, why, why am I not doing this? And so I, I started exploring. Now I'm not a good Vim person um, from the perspective of, I always steal other people's configurations. Like you would think that by this point in my career, I would have like this awesome tweak, tweaked out Vim configuration that I've been using for years, but I'm actually horrible at that. <laughs> I like rotate my configuration like every six months or so, and I'll, I'll completely redo everything because it's always like, you always find these little nuggets in other people's configurations on how they do something and say, wow, that's just genius. Like, why hadn't I thought of that for so long? Um, so I'm actually very terrible. It, and on top of all this, I am a horrible typist. Like I never <laughs> learned to properly type. Oh, no. And so I'm just not a great typist. And that, that's always been like one of the things that that's like been churning in the back of my head. It's like, now that I've been doing it for so long, I can't, it doesn't make sense to me how people don't use Vim. So even if you're not using the Vim program, Vim bindings are everywhere now which for somebody like me is wonderful. Like, yeah, you, you want to do it in PHP Storm? Yeah, we'll do it in PHP Storm. I'll load up my Vim bindings and be off and running. And now in my head, I'm thinking, how do people code? Like, do, are people coding like with one hand on a keyboard and one hand on mm. a mouse? Because, you know, how are you moving around? Yes. And how are you moving text around? And how are you getting places around? It just doesn't make sense to me. I keep, I keep trying to think about it and trying to do it. Like trying to trying to work in like a PHP Storm or a VS Code without them bindings, I I lose my mind. I mean, I'm just like this. I can't you can't I can't figure out how to get anything done. Like it just takes you know, I'm just 
bouncing back and forth. It just, it blows my mind that this just isn't a standard that everybody uses. Whether you're using Vim or not, the Vim bindings, just the basic bindings. Like, how do people not use that day to day? Yeah, I think for me, like, uh, you know, I've basically found alternative shortcuts. Um, And so, again, because I didn't know Vim was a thing uh, for the longest time, or maybe I had heard of it, but I didn't really kind of get it. And I had other tools that were working for me. Um, I just never really got there. So, so what I ended up finding is, you know, as you, as you start coding, you desire to get faster and faster, right? Like you just, you know where you need to be. It's just, how do you get there quickly? I found other, um, sort of ways to get around, right? So yeah, I mean the mouse for sure. Um, I use the mouse a lot, uh, I think, but also, uh, being able to, uh, jump blocks or basically it's typically, I'm not typically jumping all around inside of a file. I'm typically on like one method, right? So I'm really within a set of like 10 lines up or down. Right. And so I can use arrow keys, right. Or something like that. And I can use like command and, you know, command right would take me to the end of the line or command left would take me to the beginning of the line. Right. So those are sort of things that you have that are in Vim really simple to do, uh, but on the keyboard and mouse are a little bit, a little bit slower, but yeah, I, I think I jump between my mouse and my keyboard pretty seamlessly. Um, and, uh, I think you'd be hard pressed to, to be like, Oh, that's where he's using his mouse right there. I think if we coded together, you might actually be surprised with how quickly, you know, people who do it all the time are able to do it. Um, not to say that it isn't faster to, to do it in Vim, but I'm getting there. I'm working on it. Um, you know, some of the things for me, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit last time with Jess Archer was, um, this idea of, and I'm trying to remember what she called him. Um, it was like mm, word or eh, what was it? I can't remember what she called it. Basically, uh, you know, the Text idea objects. of like different, thank you. That's what it is. Text objects. Thank you. Yeah. So that was never a thing that I understood. And so it's always just been, you know, uh, HJKL, right? Just mm-hmm. mashing on those things until I get to where I need to be. And so when you're like, how could people ever get anything done? I'm like, you got kidding me? Like if I have to pass J one more time, I'm going to you know, lose my mind, <laughs> you know? And so for me, I'm like, scroll down, click the spot. I want to be there. I am, you know? So it's like, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, but yeah, for those of us who are not yet enlightened, we, we find ways around. They, they might not seem as quick to you, but we, we find it, we yeah. figure it out. So, uh, so actually, one of the things that Vim suffers from a lot is is one of its strengths is the fact that like no two Vim configurations are ever the mm-hmm. same, and like how somebody chooses to use their Vim and how somebody else chooses to use their Vim can be so vastly different that it, for somebody coming in and, and they're seeing all these options, there are just too many options. There's no standard way of doing stuff, uh, and it just becomes overwhelming. I think a lot of times I know. Uh, John, who I work with, he's a pretty heavy Vim user. He doesn't customize his Vim like I do. He pretty much uses a vanilla Vim. But the fact that I use relative lines just infuriates him. (laughs) He can't stand pair programming with me because I'm using relative lines. It's just like those little things. It's just, and that's that's the thing about Vim. It's like when when you reach that level, you've you've you have the specialized tool that's specialized 
to you and how you code and how you work. And if something doesn't feel right, you can fix it. You can change it. It's so nice. And that's kind of like what Jesse was saying too, is he said, Vim is like a editor for hackers, like people who like to be able to build stuff for their editor or, you know, it's like the most hackable editor is what he said. And he said, the community is sort of built around that, right? Like it's very friendly to that. Whereas he said something like sublime, there was the idea of like plugins and that was fine. But if you just needed to be able to do something one off real quick, like, Hey, I want to do this. I want, I want to do this particular function and I don't want to have to write a whole plugin to make that happen. You know, with this, mm-hmm. with Vim, you can do that really, really simply. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's so, it's the most extendable mm-hmm. editor that you'll ever use. Right. And so, um, I find that to be pretty cool. Uh, I will say, even though I use PHP Storm, I find that my PHP Storm is a lot different, like set up a lot different than most of the other people that I work with that use PHP Storm. Uh, so even that's frustrating, though, because my key bindings are quite a bit different, I think, just because I brought a lot of them over mm-hmm. from Sublime for what I was mm-hmm. used to. Um, and so mm-hmm. if you've just started in PHP Storm and you're just using the default bindings there and you've never customized them, uh, then, yeah, we, I think every time I go to to do something on uh, you know a person's machine that I'm pair programming with it doesn't work or they try to do it on mine and it doesn't work or you know which is super annoying but um yeah it's like vim to me like if you just say like an out of the box editor like if you just take php storm and then you take vim right for somebody who's been using it for a while um it's almost like a suit that you'd get off of a rack at jc penny or something versus mm-hmm. like a tailored suit right mm-hmm. so like that tailored suit is like mm-hmm. you've literally you know taken in the you'd have hemmed the you know where the ankles are it fits you just right there right and like the shoulders are a little bit Mm -hmm. wider and it's like comfortable on your neck and like it fits just perfect you know and like where you have the suit that you get off the right i mean it's going to cover you up right it's going to work it's a suit but it's not going to be like (laughs) as that as nice and as tailored to your you know your body and your size as something like vim is vim can be contoured to exactly what you want um and so that is a great that's a great analogy. It's funny because the analogy I always used was uh, was fishermen. Like anybody can go buy a fishing pole and some lures and go fishing. But if you go like out on the pier to these old crusty yeah. you know, fishermen who've been fishing for years, they have like a special, you know, a special pole and they have, you know, they make their own lures because they know exactly how they want the lure to go. And that's always like, the analogy i use but i think i'm gonna have to steal yours moving forward because it's easier to explain and makes way more sense it's accessible to people who don't live on the ocean right because you live right there right <laughs> you live right there. Do, you, do you go uh do you ever get to go see the people like fishing like on the pier is that a thing it sounds like you actually get to do yeah. that yeah see that cool. i wish i lived that close because you live in san diego right uh, not anymore. I actually moved a little bit outside of San Diego. So I'm I'm right between I'm about an hour away from both LA and San Diego. Okay. But for about 10, 15 years, I lived on the beach in San Diego in a place oh called Ocean Beach. Gosh. It was the best time of my life. It, it, well, my wife reminds me that having children were the best time of my life, but they were there too. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, it, it nothing nothing beats. I'm I'm glad I had the opportunity to do it, but uh, I I I had to grow up. I had to had to move on. You got to do the responsible thing, right? You can't you can't live yeah. on the beach for all your life, especially when you have kids. So yeah, that's funny. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about like I'm interested to hear some of the things that you um, either issues that you've run into that you've solved with a particular like uh, solution that you really enjoy, um, or just common things that you've found that. 
um, that you use all the time that other people maybe maybe don't know about. You know, I don't know how often it is. It seems like pretty often if you're talking about your coworker John, where you know maybe there's some things that you've been able to show him. Uh, at this point, you know, we've talked a lot about uh, some of the things that I need to learn as like a newbie Vimmer is just a lot of the movements, right? Just the very, very basic movements. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I feel like what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to pick out, you know, the closet doors uh, for the house that I haven't even built the foundation for, right? Like, and so I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm learning those as we speak. And actually, um, one of the things that, that Michael put in the show notes for last episode was Vim Tutor. And I've gone, I've, I've been going through that and I've been learning stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, this solves that problem that I've never been able to figure out in Vim. Like, this is the stupidest thing, ready? Capital A to append to a line. I did not know that existed. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, how do I get to the end of this line? Like, do people use like dollar sign to get to the end of lines all the time? I'm like, that's the dumbest thing ever. Like, that's like, that is not intuitive. Like, that is not, I have to get that dollar sign and then I, and then like, you know, if I want, how do I get to the, you know, cause if you do, if you do the end of the line and you press I, it gives you like, it gives you the character before. Right. So like if there's a period at the end of line, mm -hmm. you press I, mm -hmm. it's like it starts I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and so literally in like lesson in Vim Tutor, like lesson one dot two, I think it's like, okay, use the letter A to append yeah. to a line. I'm like, oh my gosh, how did yeah. I not know this? Yeah, insert insert uh. versus append. So insert being, you know, insert at the character you're on. But if yes. you're at the end of a line, you can't really go after the end of the line when you insert, but to append, it always goes next. So you do lowercase A, it goes to the next next character. If you do shift A, capital A, it goes to the end of the line. Wait, wait, hold on. So like uh, A, okay. So if you press A, if you're on a character and you press A, it goes after the next character or puts, after the character it, that you're on. It puts the character gotcha. after the highlighted mm -hmm. character. Yep. And the shift A is nice because it doesn't matter where you're at on the line. It takes you to the end of the line mm -hmm. and then allows you to, uh, yeah. Okay. So that was like, th so those are the sorts of things, Eric, just to give you context for where I'm at. That's, that's where I'm at. That's the stuff I'm learning right now. Right. So any insights <laughs> that you're going to have are going to be like, oh, that's genius. I've not heard of that. Or like, <laughs> I don't know about that. So, you know, I'm just curious. Some of the things we've talked about are like, you know, session, not maybe not session management, but like project management, how you jump from project to project or, you know, how you run tests or if there's any specific key bindings that you have set up that, uh, that you, that you think are helpful. Yeah. You know, it's so weird. And you probably hear this a lot. Uh, the more you talk to heavy Vim users, so much of it becomes muscle memory that you don't uh, think true. about. Yeah. Like it just, it's just like, I, I'm trying to think the one that I always do that uh, people who don't use them go, hey, wait, how'd you just do that? Is control A and control X. So if you're on a number and you hit control A, it will increment that number. And if you oh, hit control nice. X, it, it decrements it. And it's like, well, how often do you need that? And it's kind of crazy to think about how often you actually end up using it. And I, I use it mm -hmm. all the time. And I, and I don't even think about when I do it. And when I do it and somebody's watching me, they're like, hey, wait, how'd you just do that? I'm like, control A, you just don't, how do you I do I can think of you, like you a thousand it? times I would X? use that. Yeah, I mean, I can think of using that all the time, actually. Even, especially like if I'm doing something like if I'm, um, if I'm in like Tailwind and I need to like increase or decrease padding and I just kind of like need to increase it and then see what it looks like mm -hmm. and then decrease it or like, you yep. know, that. Because it's usually go to, you know, go to the right, backspace, go find the number on the keyboard, press that number. You know what I mean? So, can, you know, control <laughs> so A crazy is to so me. much better. How do you yeah. live like yeah, that? Yeah, well, like, who do? Well, it's, um, you gave me, you enlightened me. You said a control arrow takes you to the end command of the arrow, Command arrow, yeah, for me. It's like super. Command 
that that was one of the things I always wonder. Like, I, you know, I'll either hit what if I'm not inserting, you, you can do, you know, like you said, the, the dollar sign or zero will you know take you to both sides of the line. And I used to always think is like, how do people who don't have them bindings do that? Like, do they do they stop and grab a mouse yeah. and drag it and click right, it? And right, right. It's you know, it's weird to me. So yeah. Uh but yeah, I mean I can't and, and like I said, I'm such a first thing, I'm kind of I'm kind of a nut with them. So I have not only do I use them, them, but I have them bindings on all any like if I'm going to use any tool that for editing, it has to have them bindings. So I, PHP Storm has has them bindings, and if you don't know, uh, depending on what you're using, so the classic them, the configurations were all in them RC. So let's let's just stick with that for for a while. Uh, Neo them is a little different, but uh, them RC is where them keeps all of the configurations well php storm has a similar convention they have idea of them rc i think is what it's called and it's it's the exact same concept. did you not can, know that either you can port you can port most of your vim bindings directly into php storm vim bindings through the vim rc setting so it's it it's so things like a lot of people use jk to escape because your fingers are resting there so instead of reaching for the escape key people hit jk when they're in normal mode and or when they're in insert mode and it it escapes them into normal mode those sort of settings are a one-to-one translation for a php storm uh them bindings um but uh i was going to say oh so so not only do i use it in tools like that and vs code's very similar as well uh but i also have them bindings just straight up in my zs8 zsh shell Hmm. so when i'm in my command line and and think about this you know a little bit how often have you had to go back to a previous line and change something and you know you're clicking arrows on your keyboard if you have them binding i just back i I just word jump back to where i am do a ciw change enter word change that word and hit enter and i'm off and running again and then the, the one that really drives people crazy is I have them bindings in my browser. Oh. So I'll do a lot I'll do a lot of web web browsing on my keyboard. And it's like when people see it, because the weird thing about that is like all these letters pop up for links. So when you're on a web page, you hit you hit a uh the F key. This is it. I'll have to look at my keyboard. Like, what, what key do I hit when I do that? You hit the F key, and then every link on the page has a uh, a letter sequence associated for it, so that you can you know click on that link. But yeah, I mean, it's just like I I try to keep my hands on my keyboard as much as possible, regardless. It, and the only reason that's possible is because all of these plugins regardless of what the plat- what the platform is adhere to this core concept of them of how to navigate how to how to perform certain functionality and if if you're a developer and you live behind your keyboard like we do i i honestly feel you're doing yourself a disservice not learning that because it's really life changing it, it 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 just it your workflow just changes and we all ha- we've all had that feeling of being in a groove when we're coding and just like things flowing correctly. And in in my world, reaching for the mouse just breaks me out of mm. it. 
the longer I can just keep my hand, even if I'm not creating code, I can sit there and I can just be hitting JK, JK, just like moving my, my cursor around as I'm thinking and my hands are just, you know, constantly simulating like they're, they're actually being productive. <laughs> Makes you feel like you're doing something, right? You're like, I'm just thinking, but I'm going to, I'm going to, it's like you're, um, it's like me tapping my foot all the time. Yeah, it's like, oh, just press JK. Mm-hmm. Your JK probably are worn off on your keyboard, huh? <laughs> yeah, they, they 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 take the brunt of my uh my big sausage fingers. That's for sure. <laughs> if you ever if you ever get a chance to meet Eric and you and you get to shake his hand, yes, it's like you're grabbing a big piece of meat, just just get solid, <laughs> solid, thick. It's a man hand. It's a man handshake. <laughs> And also, Eric's like, what are you seven four, something like that? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> used to be an NBA. Used to be an NBA center. Oh my gosh, Eric's a Viking. You know, Eric's like you know a Norwegian guy. You'd be like, I don't know. You'd, you'd see on, on well, a warship coming I love, across the ocean. <laughs> I used to love. Well, I I hope we get back to in person conferences because my favorite thing was getting my picture taken with Eric. Yeah. Barnes oh my gosh. I'm just yes. like, <laughs> well, who is it? There's Sean? A... Is Sean the other guy that would you'd always come with? Sean, Sean he's Myers. He's huge too. Yeah. Like he's also equally as tall. He's he's taller yeah, than he's I am. Just yeah, he's he's a good two, three, probably four inches taller than I am. I think he's six eight, and I'm I'm about six three, six okay. four. Okay, so it's funny with yeah. Sean. Like, uh, I feel like we should you know play basketball sometime. When we go to a Laracon, we should all play basketball sometime. And like, uh, I, I've always told Taylor, Laracon's got to have the best. I call you, me, and Sean on the squad. same team. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, awesome. Um okay, so one thing I did want to talk about here. So actually before we before we jump away from that, um the other thing that you might not know, Eric, is like control and left or right actually jumps words left, you know, backwards and forwards. Ah, so that's yeah, the other see, thing, right? So those know. those are the words, those are those are the things I'm talking about where I'm like, those are the tricks I you know that we've learned. People who use this stuff all the time. Yeah, I I'm not navigating with my mouse most of the it, time. But and th- and that's just like like I've seen presentations on PHP Storm where they've done everything through the keyboard, not using them bindings, but through the keyboard. But I remember thinking to myself, it's like, that's like a, like, it's a Mm -hmm. memory game. Like you have to remember, these are the keys you have to hit to do that. Whereas with them, you, you have these mnemonics that, that you start to understand. Oh, you know, like I said, CIW change inner word, Mm -hmm. you know, you, you, you understand how, it just makes more sense than, and you don't have to contort your fingers to, oh, you have to command shift. That's this, literally what it know? is too. It's mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like, if I want to select a set of words, it's command shift left, you know, or control shift left. Ah, right. Interesting. So if I select, let's say let's select mm-hmm. jump by word backwards or forwards. Um, and, and that's probably specific to the tool, right? Like that no, won't trans- that translates everywhere. Translate that does translate ones. everywhere. So it, oh, yeah, it? it does. So like if I'm in, even if I'm in oh. command line, I think, a lot of times, let me look real quick. I'll open the tab. Uh, no, that doesn't. Work. <laughs> I think uh, I think that's, that's interesting. That's, that's an interesting well, I mean, point you yeah. raised, Eric. In that, um, you know, in in other tools, in VS Code, in in Sublime, in PHP Storm, you're you're memorizing a series of of key combinations to do different things. Yeah, Whereas, totally true. A, again. You know, Vim is all about the the language and the motions and and how you're stringing things together. So it's all much more intuitive once you've learned it than it is like because you, you you're learning like five things as opposed to trying to memorize 
50 or 100 different key combinations to do different things in in whatever other two you're using. Mm. Um, and, it, you know, it's always <clears> – there's two jokes that always come up whenever you mention that you use Vim. One is how do I exit Vim? Like you only use it because you've been stuck in Vim or you couldn't figure out how to close it. And the other is always about how difficult it is to learn, which for anyone – like it's the kind of thing that someone who has never used Vim other than, you know, by accident um, – that like those are the kinds of things that come up whereas you know it's it's it stays out of your way in terms of being an editor that can do so many different things um and i i, I recently set up a key binding control p for, for those of you who don't know it usually brings up like the the, the fuzzy finder to it it's not it's not vim native but it's typically used like there used to be an old plugin called control p i think in in Sublime, it was Control P. Mm -hmm. In in Storm, it might be Command P or something like that. But it brings up the Command Palette, so you can do a fuzzy search. So I've got it set up that if I do Control P, it will bring up a a fuzzy search of my project files. But if I do Control <coughs> P P, then it will bring up a search a fuzzy search of the entire project directory, including all the vendor files. So if I want to find something that I know is application code, then I do Control P, and I'm doing that 99% of the time. But every now and then when I want to dig into something in vendor, you know, some Laravel file that I know that I'm not jumping to a definition from an, from another file. Like I open up Vim and I know that I need to go and look at like Illuminate Mail Mailer is one that I was looking at this week. Mm -hmm. Then I'd go control PP and then type ill mail mail PHP and, you know, some subset of that string will get me to where I need to be much quicker. So, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that you kind of, and we've said this in the last few of these episodes, the, the mnemonics and the things that make sense to you. And control P mnemonically doesn't really mean anything other than it's something that I've been using since, you know, way back when with Sublime, when that, you know, sort of introduced it and the PHP Storm had it. And then, you know, there was a plugin added. So, um, yeah. And that's a perfect example of, of everybody does it differently where the those use cases you just stated for me, it's leader ST, leader search mm -hmm. text. And somebody from the outside coming in, if if Jake were to ask both of us, how do you search a project for text? We would both give them different answers, even though under the probably under the hood, it's using similar mm -hmm. tools. But for Jake, you know, that's like, well, this is frustrating. Yeah. What do you mean? Control, you, you don't have control P, you do ST, but he does control mm -hmm. P. What? You know, how are you supposed to do this? It's like you do it, whatever feels right to mm -hmm. you. And most of these plugins will come with a set of default key bindings as well or a suggested key bindings. But all of it, all of it always comes down to whatever works for you. And that's where like the hackability and the configurability mm -hmm. comes in is that, you know, we might both use tree seeder under the hood or we might both use control P under the hood or we both, both might use FZF under the hood. But how we trigger that will vary from project to project. Um, LSP, which is the language server protocol that's responsible for IntelliFence and, um, you oh. know, go to definition and, uh, import, you know, insert use statement, all of that, that's all exposed in a common UI in a, in a common API rather. So there's a whole bunch of like LSP dot whatever functions that you can call. And then you're responsible for figuring out like, what is the key binding that then calls that functionality? Um, and and that's where that's mm -hmm. where the customization comes in, not so much like the plugins themselves. 
So I have a question on that. So I know, like, I've heard from some people, like, one of the things that I really enjoy about PHP Storm is the ability to be able to, you know, I can go to a class and a command T, which pulls up a refactor, um, and then I just say rename, and it'll, I can say, oops, I accidentally renamed, I, I named this test, um, you know, installment agreement settlement factory, and I forgot to put the test at the end. So, okay, I need to rename this installment agreement factory test. And it just says, okay, we'll search through and find all the places where that's referenced and we will change that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I use that mm -hmm. all the time because it's it's really nice to just be able to sort of write out what my pseudo code is going to be. And then I could just, you know, you know, command T and then refactor, extract this to a method, you know, like all of those pieces, right? So those are some of the really nice things that, that uh, PHP Storm does for me. It gives me all sorts of, you know, it gives me little squigglies underneath stuff that there's like, hey, that method's unknown and all that stuff. So I'm guessing Intelli IntelliSense is is mm -hmm. sort of how that works, but I've heard nightmares of getting that set up. Um, have yeah. you guys found that to be really difficult or you guys got that figured out? It's, um, I think it varies. Like some people would have worked straight away. Most of the people that I've spoken to have managed to get it working straight away. And then every now and then, like David Hempel, he... He was having a mare of a time trying to get it to work. Yeah, that's the person I was thinking of. Because I'm like, if David Hemphill, who happens to be one of the smartest dudes I know, right, can't get this figured out, like, there's no hope for me. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that dude. That dude. The best word I could use for David is like tenacious. Like that dude. Like he does not stop. Like he's a bulldog. If he gets his, if he gets his, you know, uh, he gets his mindset that he's going to do something. Like it's going to happen. So the fact yeah. that he's like, I couldn't get a telesense set up is like, whoa, wait a second, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, then, so like, yeah, I'm just curious. The the language server stuff can be a bit interesting because you've got a like you can add support for it, and there's a there's a project for for NeoVim called LSP Config, and that has a bunch of settings for all the common language language server plugins. Um, and IntelliFence is probably the more common one. It's used in VS Code. Um, it's portable between whatever. There's Tailwind ones. There's there's ones for C and JavaScript and TypeScript and and CSS and whatever else. Um, and it's usually a two byte install step. You've got to you've got to set up. You you've got to make a call to a setup method, which basically just tells Vim, hey, this thing is here, and then you have to install the language server plugin itself, whether that's IntelliFence or or TS Client or or TS Server or whatever it is for for JavaScript. So yeah, it's um. I'd I'd be keen to see what's actually gone wrong with with David's setup, but he's been busy with the the Nova launch and and getting that all wrapped up. So now that maybe that's yeah. out, I'll I'll be able to tap a time with him to sort of figure out what's going on. Yeah, for sure. But and yeah, I will say too. All, for, go ahead. That I mean, that's responsible for all of that diagnostic stuff. It'll it'll give you like the squigglies and highlight lines when there's things. It'll tell you if you've got unused variables or if you've you know got methods or classes that are imported that that aren't being used. Um, it. There, it does like symbol renaming and things like that. If you want to do class renaming and moving things around, PHP Actor is generally a better tool for that than than what IntelliFence because it, like IntelliFence isn't really made for for moving things. Um, so yeah, PHP Actor does all of that kind of stuff and it and it'll handle like implementing abstract methods and and contract things and extracting. Oh, nice! Extracting PHP methods. Actor. Yeah, um, extracting methods and expressions and like if you've got a block of code and you want to extract that to a method then you just highlight that and say you know extract method and off it goes and pulls it out into a into a private method and, and you go from there so yeah nice it's, i'm, uh, I'm gonna have to check that out yeah yeah i, I mean yeah 
all of all of the tooling is there. It's just a matter of how you kind of implement it. And I know I think Eric, you might want to touch on this. You use is it Lunavim that has like a bunch of opinionated defaults for getting up and running and things like that? Yeah, that's my latest uh, iteration. I've been on that for a couple of months. And uh, I, I know you guys talked a little bit about the differences between uh, Vim and NeoVim in the past shows. But uh, so LunaVim is a NeoVim kind of what Michael said, just kind of opinionated defaults that you, you can implement. But it also implements them all using Lua. Uh, so I've been trying, I've been really trying to embrace Lua for my configurations, which, which is an additional obstacle I kind of put in front of myself because uh, I, I I feel like writing things in Lua for me is much more obtainable than trying to write things in BIM script. Yeah. I've tried to write things in BIM script before and I'm like, this is, you know, I'm, I'm lost. I can't figure this out. Lua seems much more approachable to me. And so I, I really want to kind of get my head around it. But on that journey, I've been, Porting all my configurations over to Lua. So I've been, all my configurations have been moved over to Lua. And a lot of things that break for me now are just things that I haven't translated correctly. And just talking to people, even if they don't know Lua, I'll, I'll bounce things off of uh, Michael all the time. And he'll say, oh, yeah, well, it sounds like this is happening. So, you know, figure out why, why mm -hmm. that is. And I'll, I'll go do some research on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, like I said, I jump distro. I call it, I call them distros. They're not distros, but they're they're all these like default kind of implementations of them and neo them that you can just install, and it's it's just kind of like a like a jumping off point where it's like, oh, do you want a similar experience to you know the features that you have in PHP Storm? Well, here's a lot of the oh, nice. basic mm -hmm. configurations that you need. So I, I Lua Vim, I, I've stuck with that one for a while. I I I left it for, for a couple months and then I, I came back recently to it. But yeah. You can find them in in, in this whole lunar lunar vim or lua vim? Lunar vim. It's called lunar vim. Yeah. But the, yeah. the the language it uses Lua, is called, yeah, is called right. Lua. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what NeoVim is going to, right? They're kind of porting everything to Lua. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, hey guys, that's that makes that makes sense, and I think uh, we're we're nearing sort of the end of where we typically end things. Um, before we do so, though, I would love to give you Eric a chance to talk about anything fun you'd like to talk about before we before we wrap up and say goodbye. Absolutely. Uh, so if if you're not aware, uh, we recently took over uh, operations of the PHP Architect magazine, and I mean there are people in our community that still don't realize we haven't. We have a dedicated magazine that comes out every month uh, for PHP, and they're, they're like little mini conferences every month. Uh, there's some great articles in there. We have a digital and print subscription. Uh, we also have uh, versions that go on like uh, Kindles and other mobile e-readers. Um, but yeah, we've been running that since October of last That's year. That's awesome, man! And it's so exciting and. Spoiler alert, not everybody knows this. Uh, starting, I'm hoping next month, we're going to have uh, a monthly column dedicated to Laravel. Oh, that's so, so that's we have cool. a contributor. Yeah, yeah we've, we have a contributor who has uh, offered to, to contribute. It, we, it, if you want to contribute, we pay. Like you can c contribute uh, monthly feature articles. 
um, it takes a little bit more to be like a regular columnist because we have to make sure we have room every month for for a particular topic, and we're we're getting pretty full on that. But like, if if you're out there, if you enjoy writing, you know, technical writing, or even if you don't, you can hack stuff together. We we pretty we're pretty pretty gentle with you. We'll walk you through the process. If we accept your article, uh, we pay you for them. So I mean, this is like a this is a whole money thing. <laughs> um this is not like a charity but we have a we still have a print subscription matter of fact that's what you see over my shoulder here that's actually the print uh it's it's really good quality and i'm i'm enjoying it i mean it's it's not really a money maker for us uh but it's a kind of a passion project right now there's a lot to it um we're really hoping to get php tech the the big conference that was behind uh php architect uh, we're targeting to get that going again next year. Uh, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things we have, you know, a lot of irons in the coal. I think is the saying, but we, a lot of things we want to do with it. But yeah, if you don't have a subscription, uh, give it a give it a look. PHP Arch, that's php dot com, and uh, sign up. Yeah, we have business accounts if you want to buy them for your whole development team i was just, just looking at that as i was looking at the like business if, print if you, a... you can get print copies to share on the office with your whole team yep so it's uh and it looks like it's it's very reasonably priced i mean we're talking about you know for a for a full annual subscription which gets you a full color you know you get the pdf versions you get the epub versions you actually get the print versions all of that it's like 160 bucks a year right for the whole year mm -hmm. and so you're supporting the community you're pushing the you know you're pushing things forward that um you know honestly like i i'm really excited i i've i've known that this existed but this has been the first time i've actually had somebody like talk to me about it um i'm definitely going to grab some of these i think this is pretty awesome that we actually have a in print item that we can actually have each month there's something to just having something physical in your hands you know what i mean digital stuff is great I, I, digital stuff is great but like i love to have the actual thing in my hand right i, I think that's pretty cool there's something to that that's the thing i i, I will take i will take my this is the, the the current release so i i have it here in my office but as they get old i'll throw them in, in my um office or i'll throw them in my car or i'll throw them in my backpack and I find myself somewhere and, you know, it's just there to flip through. I, I love having that. And something else a lot of people don't realize is when you get a yearly subscri subscription, you automatically get access to all the back. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. From the beginning of time. So you have like 10 years or 20 years of... Uh, of magazines you have access to immediately, like right off the bat. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Well, Eric, thank you for taking that on too. Thank you for, uh, you know, kind of taking the torch. Those are the sorts of things that you hate to see die, right? But it takes a, a dedicated person to be able to continue to roll with those things. And so thank you for taking that on. As you said, like, it's not like you're getting rich off of it. It's, uh, it's you're doing it because you care and because you want to. So thanks for doing that, Eric. Appreciate that, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate yep, that. Absolutely. Well, hey, Michael, anything else before we wrap this one up? No, I think uh, I think we'll probably talk about this over the next couple of weeks and see how we're going to wrap wrap this little mini series up. I think indeed. See if we can, see if we can engage with with the listeners and see if there's any questions that they still have that they want answered, maybe, and and go from there. Absolutely, that sounds great to me. Um, also, a quick plug: if you have not watched uh, the Apple Plus or Apple TV Plus uh, series called Severance, mm -hmm. you need to do so. 
yeah. this week. I watched. You need to make it, it happen. Uh, since, it since is episode, so when, when we, we spoke freaking about it with, good with Jess, and you're like, you should watch this. I went and I watched. I think there was seven episodes out at that time. Yep. So I, I watched uh, the seven, and then uh, episode eight. Eighth was just eighth this week. Last week, yeah. and nine, which was the season finale, was was this week. So who knows when we're gonna see. The second they got season. picked up for season two. Yeah, they did get picked up, up for season so. two, which is great. Is it something the wife would like, or is it I'm just trying to get my wife to get into it. I think she would like it though. Like if yeah. if, if you like if if your wife liked like Lost or something like that, you know, if you ever were like mm-hmm. if you could get her into mm-hmm. Lost, you could get her into this. It's really interesting, very very cool. Mm-hmm. So and oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like oh the last episode. I'm not going to spoil or anything, mm-hmm. but there I will say there is. Um, well, I don't want to say anything. I'll just say, heart, oh, I, can't, I don't want to say anything. I just, cause it's just anything. so fragile. Like, you can't yeah. say anything. So, <laughs> anyway, it's really good. It's really, really good. Probably, like, the best show I've watched in a yeah. decade. I yeah. love it. It's so good. I have not even, I haven't That's heard That's the thing. I feel like it's it, underground. So exciting. I feel like it is literally, like, I don't think there's a lot of people who know about it. I feel like it's going to get to season two, and people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, there's this amazing new show. Yeah. Um. I mean, Here's the like crazy that with thing. Ted Lasso as well. I, I Were you? Okay, I, yeah. I think it was I think season 1 had already finished airing before, you know, everyone really sort of started talking about it in my circles that that I picked up and watched it, but um yeah, I think the, the Apple TV stuff kind of flies under the radar in in that regard. But, you know, I mean Ted Lasso won a bunch of Emmys for, they did. for yeah. what it was doing, so it's not you know, it's just people sleep on on things I think these days because there's just so much stuff and there's so much rubbish. Exactly, there's just so much just content. To, yeah to hit hit the next thing so it's 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 hard to um it's hard to kind of dedicate yourself to something to go yeah i'm gonna watch that and see it through um especially with the way that thing as mm-hmm. all the stuff that comes out on netflix like you really get into shows and then they get canceled and then you don't want to get you know you don't want to get you don't want to get burned again yeah you don't want to get exactly. burned so it's like you don't want to commit. And it doesn't help that everybody has a platform now. yeah it's like wait this is apple tv mm-hmm. apple tv is i know, I know. it's like you gotta you gotta know yeah all you gotta do is like yeah. Just go buy out. Just go buy a new iPad, and then you'll get a free three month subscription to Apple TV Plus <laughs> or something. You know, <laughs> um, here's the here's a crazy thing though, Michael. Um, so there's this lady. So okay, I found out that Heli R mm-hmm. is from a town like ten minutes away from me, mm. like fifteen minutes away from me. Like that's where she grew up. Okay, so I'm telling all these people at work about this show, and she's like, oh, she's like, I think. I think my sister went to school with, with Heli, like, or with the, whatever this, her name was Brittany. Her real name yeah. Brittany. I was like, really? Are you sure? She's like, yeah, she's from Hayworth. I'm like, no way. And so I'm like trying to connect dots here. Turns out I worked with her mom for a lot of stuff. Like, so <laughs> I know this lady's mom, like by on a first name basis, I'm mm. like, holy crap. I'm going to try and get a, something signed. Like that would be freaking awesome. And it's so funny because like I'm fanboying so hard on this, like <laughs> way harder than I have on like anything for a long time. Like if I could get something signed, <laughs> I would frame it and put it in my office. It would be like my prized possession. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Anyway. Right next to your Taylor Otwell bottle. Dude, it is funny how, how often like that actually comes up because it's behind me in in like interviews and stuff. So like when I'm like interviewing devs, like, no way. Do you have a Taylor bobblehead? Do you have a Taylor bobblehead? Where'd you get that? I'm like, oh, they're limited edition, man. Like there's only like a hundred and some of them, you know? So it's, yeah, it's funny. Better. Had to be there. That's All right, better. folks. Well, hey, this uh, that that's it. Uh, Michael, what episode are we on again? 116? 116. 
All right, folks, find show notes for this episode at northmeetsouth.audio slash 116. If you'd like to uh, rate us up in your podcatcher of choice, five stars would be much appreciated. Thanks again, Eric, for coming on and hanging out with us. And we will see you all in two weeks. Catch you later.